everyone, G Money here, futurist disruptor ape, and your source for all things NFT. You're tuning into the Cutting Edge Podcast, where we discuss the importance of the emerging NFT market with culture's most influential people. Whether you want to know about the next biggest drops or just want to know the basics of where to start, the Cutting Edge can help. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cutting Edge Podcast, where culture meets crypto. Today, we have a Montreal-based professional visual artist whose art explores human relationships, morphological diversity, body movements, and sexuality. Her works, like the generative collection, the Mona Lana, and her popular one-of-one pieces have caught the eye of many collectors, including myself. She's here to discuss her new drop, Soulmate, a constantly evolving AI piece coming later this month. Please welcome Lana Danina. Hi, Lana, how are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I wanted to to start off with, you know, uh, I guess going over how you first. So apparently you first learned how to draw by copying image from your tra- from your childhood books when you were six and then you started <laughs> painting it then after. Could you could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Where did you find it? <laughs> oh, we found it in, but... in, our, in our research. but yeah absolutely so when I was young I was a really quiet child but I was reading a lot but when I was reading book I wasn't actually reading the books I was looking at the pictures so um, it was really fun to look at so many images when I was young and I just wanted to recreate them by drawing them and it's actually my big sister who started doing this and when I was this age I was always copying her so I just did the same thing and the more I was copying the drawing the more I like I, I really love drawing you know and uh, that's how it really started to make like really more um, detailed drawings before that I was always drawing and making sketches you know but when it's when I started recreating images that I will see on maybe more mangas or things like that it really made my art more detailed right so you said your your sister was also drawing as well she's really creative she was but she doesn't actually like to draw. She she's really uh, okay. good at it, but she she doesn't like it. <laughs> so it sounds like you have a, a creative family. Was was creativity really uh, pushed a lot while you were growing up? Absolutely. My mom is really really creative. She everything that is that touches creativity, she's good at it. She she used to be a fashion designer. She studied in Paris. Uh, she did the interior design. Um, she did hair. Uh, so she's and she, she did uh, some paintings as well. So she she's really really into art. And my dad, he's an engineer, but he's really really good at painting. And um, he's a, a musician as well. So he plays piano and is. All my family is really, really creative. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, yeah. it's great that you had a family that creative, I assume they were uh, pushing you to be creative uh, as you were a child, as is evidenced by the fact that, you know, you were six when you started drawing. I, I still can't draw. Like, I bet you <laughs> as a six-year-old is better a better drawer than me right now. So, you know, I, I, uh, I very much have been uh, creative in like other aspects of my life. Um, what, where is, what, I can't place that accent. What is, what's the accent? Is it a French accent? Uh, a Canadian accent? 
a mix of both a because okay. I was born in Benin in West Africa and oh. then uh, we moved to France because my dad is French and then we moved to uh, we, but we were in the south of France so it's a different accent it's not like mm -hmm. a Parisian accent and then we moved to Quebec so it's in Canada but we speak French and it's kind of like a more like it's a big accent in Quebec, so I got like a, a mix of like the south of France and the Quebec accent, so. <laughs> yeah, it's really that's... interesting. I don't think I've ever heard it before, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess, so you started drawing when you were six, um, and then I assumed, were you creative all throughout like middle school and high school and into college? Like, did you study something else and then come back to, uh, to drawing or how, what was that? What was what was your your background like that kind of led you to here? I've always been drawing. I never stopped drawing or painting. I started digital art when I was maybe twelve, something like that. Okay, no, fourteen. <laughs> and um, it it really was a part of me. And I was following like a academic system. It was it, it was a little bit strict. It was private school, and but I was still like making drawings whenever like the teacher would be talking and. I even got like my drawing book confiscated like five times, you know, and so very young, it was like making my art wasn't like it. It felt like a little bit bad in the academic system, you know. So I never thought about studying art. Um, so I studied biology. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was. I was really miserable in biology. It was. It was really, really bad. But I really enjoyed biology, like the what we were like studying, you know, because I felt like it was really interesting. But seeing myself only like studying or working in biology, it wasn't possible, you know, because I need to create. So after like two years of, or so of biology, I just stopped and took one year and only painted. And this is when I started, I was uh, 19, and that's when I really told myself that I really wanted to be an artist and I wanted to do it this and only this. So. Um, I didn't okay. study arts at all. <laughs> so yeah, so then uh, when you started uh, working on art, right, and you, you made that your full-time passion, what what were you doing? Like what were projects you were working on? And you know, how did you end up finding uh, NFTs? Because like you came in, uh, I mean, we started talking like almost like a year ago. It was around this time last year, right? Or it might have yeah. been February of last year. It was it was pretty early. It was I it was around the time I remember Justin Abrasano came in and, and you came in and you were one of the first uh black female artists that I saw. Uh and you know, we interacted a, a little bit. So how did how did you uh find the space and what were you doing before, like right before you found it? So right before I found the space, I was like making my career like the more traditional way so like doing like physical works and murals and collabs with uh, with brands and things like that but 
there was like something missing because I will paint or do murals, but I didn't really like enjoy it 100% because like my main medium is digital. And but there was like no way to sell my digital art before NFTs. So I always had to, to make paintings or, you know, like make murals or things like that. But it wasn't like really fulfilling for a digital artist because <coughs> I will be seeing like all these artists who make like really big paintings and will be like exposing at galleries, but it was, it wasn't the same for digital artists, you know, because there was no way to sell art, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when um, I came across NFTs, um, I just understood one thing at the time because I didn't know anything about blockchain or Ethereum. Like I had no idea what it was, but um, I just understood that I could sell a digital assets online and show a proof of ownership. And when I saw that, it was like really life changing. And then I, I went all in and I learned everything about uh, Web3 and I decided to, to do it 100% because I, I understood like the purpose right. of NFTs. Yeah, and, and so do you remember how you first heard about NFTs? Yeah, it was my boyfriend at the time who told me about NFTs because he was really into blockchain and he came across NFT and he just told me like basics and he told me you should look into it. And then I looked into it, but he didn't at the time really he didn't know anything really about it. Nice, that's awesome. You know, and I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about your your artwork itself, right? And your pieces, right? In your pieces, a key theme is representing identity. Why is this meaningful for you to explore? It's really it's a main subject in my in my pieces because I. I'm mixed, and uh, growing up, it was really hard to um, to understand who I was, and there wasn't like maybe like any representation of mixed kids. And at this time, now you see a lot of mixed kids and lots of mixed people in TV, like in Euphoria and things like that. But growing up, there was like I always felt like the need of like showing myself through my paintings and show like other people who look like me and underrepresented people because I felt like with my art, I will be able to give them a voice. Right, yeah, and and I think that makes total sense, right? And I think uh, it's evident in the fact that you were one of the first persons of color artists, right? In the space that was really kind of uh, featured, right? Because I remember how you were featured, I believe, was it on open on the OpenSea main page, or was it? On, yeah, um, yeah. You were featured on the OpenSea main page, I think, pretty early on. Like, I think it was a, again, like around this time last year, maybe April or or May, because I remember we were we were talking about it, and I think that's that's amazing, right? It, it was on Foundation at this okay, time. Okay, Foundation. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Big. so like you know, yeah, go. Yeah, okay. And it's just that when I actually when I wanted to start NFTs and was like making researches and things like that, I wasn't like seeing any artists that who looked like me and and really like a very few um, black artists, but no woman 
life artist. So it was really like hard to find like orientation in this way. That's why I, I since I was one of the first, that's why I was like speaking so much, you know? Yeah, no, and I, I remember, you know, what, uh, how do you think the space has changed in, you know, the last year? Like, you, you know, we've seen a lot more people of color come into the space. Uh, obviously there's more work that needs to be done, but as someone that was here a year ago, uh, what is your impression of how the community has changed over the last year? It changed so much. Everything changed, I think. Um, there are so many people now. I see a lot of diversity. Even like in the last few months, when I started uh, the collection Mona Lana, there was like maybe two big projects featuring women and like one project with like diverse women. And now I see like five by birthday, you know? So just that it's really encouraging and it's really beautiful to see because all of this project, I see like many, many of them are really successful. So it's really encouraging to, to keep going. And right. yeah, everything in the space changed. Like everything has been like intensified, like multiply, yeah. like <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it's so big now and now everyone like in you know even in montreal at the time when i started no one knew about nfts you know and but people they knew knew on instagram that i was like doing things with nfts but they had no idea what it was and now like um, everybody's talking to me about nfts in montreal so right. it proves that right. so much sure. people Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of them are coming to you, right, because of the 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 difficulty of working with the traditional art world, right, and galleries uh, not being able to market or sell their work, right. What you for for you and your personal journey, why do you think it is that um, you know you were having so much difficulty in the traditional world that you were able to break through on on the NFT side? I think it was really this this thing that galleries did not understood digital arts and they were really close-minded, I'll say. And um, also it, it lacks a lot of diversity in galleries. So not only like they were seeing like uh, a black woman coming with her paintings, but at the same time they were digital. So it was like too much, you know? So. <laughs> So it's really, and and also it's really really slow. You need to there are so many steps to be able to to showcase your art in galleries or in uh, in fairs. They they want like requirements like a like a CV. You know they they want like so many. They want you to have done so many things. Like and it's it's impossible if you are only starting. You know, so. Right. With NFTs, there are so many possibilities because everything is decentralized and you you do your own thing, you know. So there's no, like, things you need to right. have in order to do something. You can just do it. So now so now that you have a following in, in Web3, uh, are you interested in working with galleries from the traditional world or are you just sticking with uh, the pure Web3 world? I'm interested to work with galleries that understand the tech and digital art 
So if I, they show me like they understand it and they, they can really embrace it, I don't see any reason of why not working with them. So absolutely. So what, what um, I guess, what suggestions do you have to galleries that are interested in working with Web3 artists like yourself? Like what would make you really interested to work with a gallery? What will be really interesting to work with galleries is because they, they, um, they are really professional in creation and in, in, in displays, you know. So they will create like a full experience uh, physically. So they will find like really nice screens and nice backgrounds to to display the art. So it will be. I feel like galleries they they make really stunning exhibitions. And NFT galleries, there are a few, you know, but often they are not like professional in in exhibitions, physical exhibitions. So I'll think that like a a mix of both worlds would be really nice. Right. Yeah. So you're basically looking for a gallery that understands the space but still presents the art in a manner that you want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. All right. Cool. So. You know, you had immediate success coming into Web3, you know, making $300,000 in just 10 months. Did you have a plan on how to be profitable? Like, did you have a plan coming in or, you know, was it uh, all kind of like learning as you go? Like, how, how, how did that work? Like, how were you able to do it? <laughs> um, I was really learning as I go. Like, as I said, when I started NFCs, I didn't know anything about about this world, you know. So I was learning and I still am learning every day to to like improve myself and improve like what I create, you know. And the only thing that I made sure since the very beginning and it, it was like to really do it well, you know. So I was whenever I was dropping something and whenever I was like making a project or a collab, I always wanted it to be like really really good and to always like add something that will be like innovative into this project with the things I learned until this project you know so I wasn't really money oriented but I was like really value oriented so I always make sure that my art has uh, that people see like the value in my art um, as it is and that the value always grows, you know? So I think that's maybe why it got successful. Right. Yeah, no, that, make, that makes total sense, right? And, you know, I guess along those lines, let's talk about um, your generative collection, La Mona Lana, right? It sold out, you know, it did really well. What is your advice for artists who, are, who want to build a successful collection like that? It's really, you really need to be passionate about your collection. Because there's, it, when you look at like any collection, it seems like really easy to do, you know. But there's so much, so much work behind it, and so many like technical details. And if you're not like passionate enough about it, you will get like really tired, you know, and maybe a little bit hangry. So you need to be passionate about about it because as long as it feels like a game. It will be okay <laughs> and something else it will be to um, to understand and innovate you always need to innovate something 
so like people would get get eyes on it you know if you're only doing the same things over and over because you see like that this project worked i don't think it will really work you know you need to to do something new right yeah that that makes a lot of sense right i always tell people to kind of you know work what you're passionate on don't do it for the money and the money the money will come right so i i think that absolutely makes a, a lot of sense to me you know and along those lines right like you've been able to grow uh, a large a large collector base right and you have a sustainable community how do you think you were able to do that right like i guess what we're you know i always see you interactive on on twitter you know i think you used to have i think when you first came into the space you had uh maybe a bigger following or more of a presence on Instagram, but I think now mm -hmm. uh, your presence is more on Twitter. And, and that's one of the things that I always tell artists as they come in is like, if you're gonna be coming into the space, you know, like go to where the collectors are, right? So what, I think you realize that really early uh, and you know, because of that, you've been super active on Twitter, but what were other strategies that you use to help grow your community of collectors? So I really, I really analyzed the space, you know, and I saw like that there was all kind of of people in the space with all kind of uh, interests, you know, and I saw like some people were really like art oriented, and and my my first collectors, um, they were really like here for only the art, you know, and I could feel it. Some people, they, they really like to engage with community and they, they like like the tech and things like that. And they're more here like for the community and some other people are just like traders, you know? <laughs> so it's, it, it, it's like a, at, at the time, like one year ago, it was like a mix of these three kind of people. So, but I really wanted to, to reach everyone with my art. So I really like, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but I, just being aware that there's many kind of people into the space and being able to talk with them and engage with them and, and even learn from them. It's, it's really nice. So you cannot just be an artist and only do your art well. You can do if that's what you want. But if you want to reach everyone, you need to be able to understand everyone. So that's why like, I reach out to many like different type of people to, to learn from them, you know? Right. And, and in turn, I guess, what do, you, what do you think collectors can do in the space to help more women of color? by their heart <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, besides that right like what, yeah. what else right? but, you know, by their art i think is like the easy answer but, yeah like, you know what what can they do to help elevate uh particularly women of color in the space mm -hmm. i'll say it's really whenever they have the opportunity to to give the name of like an artist for like a, a created exhibition or like a, a new project maybe like talk about them first and or do spaces with them so they so so a lot of people okay can uh, can see them uh, share their art talk about them like when they do like interviews or articles really like help them gain like more exposure because exposure is everything right yeah that makes sense and so let's talk about uh, your new project, right? Uh, Soulmate. Can you describe it for the audience and you know the real innovative way you have of unlocking soulmates? Yeah, of course. 
So it's actually the first time I talk about soulmate publicly. So it's exciting. Oh, amazing. Um, but <laughs> so um, soulmate is going to launch at the end of this month, normally. <laughs> but um, it's um, it's a really it's a really fun and interactive project. It is um, it combines gaming art of course and virtual exhibition so how can i explain it so soulmates so i painted 10 paintings so the paintings they are called souls okay and um, they are all exhibited in a 3d virtual museum that is called the lost souls museum so it's a it's a really beautiful where, museum where is the museum is it in the metaverse? In the metaverse, yes. So it's Which a 3D. One? Oh, it's a 3D designer who built it from scratch. So oh, it's okay. on its own platform. And so he, he created this museum for me. And there is uh, 10 paintings inside that are called souls. And in the middle, there's a, a very special painting that is called the soulmate. And the soulmate is actually the key of the museum because these 10 souls that you see, you cannot buy them, you can only choose them. And in order to choose them, you need to own the soulmate. Um, and to own the soulmate, you need to, um, to mint it um, by, uh, by doing an auction, okay? And so the order of the soulmate is able to choose one soul. So the soul will be then sent to the order of the soul. So the soulmate, sorry. And the soulmate will be born. And then minted again in the museum. So the soulmate evolves whenever a soul uh, goes out of the museum. So the soulmate will evolve 10 times and it will change of appearance depending on the, the, cho the choice of the, the order of the soulmate. So if a, um, a order of the soulmate choose a piece that is more blue, then the soulmate, when it's burned and mint again, it will look more blue. So the soulmate will start as more abstract and then it will become more detailed until the end. And at the end of the, um, it has been run 10 times, it will be the only piece of the museum and it will be like the more prestigious one. So it's really like a, a game, it's interactive and it enables the, the collectors to like give like, uh, to choose the appearance of the soulmate like all together, you know, and I've created so, the... <laughs> so, question. The, yeah. Does the final... You said you've run it 10 times so far in preparation. Does the mm -hmm. final soul... Does the final soulmate look different every time or does it change every time because of the, the order that you input the souls in? So, it always looks different. So, it's really evolving. So, like, it never looks the same. Right. That's awesome. I think that's really yeah. cool because that gives like the the collectors kind of like a way to have a say into what the final outcome is, right? Exactly. And I feel like I, I came with this idea because um, 
whenever a, a collector collects one of my, my paintings, they always like DM me or, or tell me, like even in spaces, like why they chose it. And if they always talk in a way like it was like really meant to be. So I wanted like to play with this like uh, concept of like soulmate with the collector of like the souls, they need a collector to find their soulmate. So like in like really like a poetic way. So I feel like right. it's a, it could be a really, really fun game. Nice, that's awesome. And mm -hmm. and so, so that was your inspiration, right? For for why you ended up doing this was just because of the feedback you were getting? Yeah, it was, uh, I really wanted to really like do my own thing, you know? I don't, I didn't want it to like use a platform to only like mint and then like sell, you know? I really wanted like to do my, I wanted like, people to like come into my world and like understand it, enjoy it, and then be able to 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 buy my pieces. So um, I was so like, oh, maybe I should do like my own smart contract, but it wasn't enough. I really wanted like to do like a game. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I really wanted to play with this uh, changing the metadata. So that's when I, I, I did like the, the soulmate evolving, uh, like, I feel like a NFT with a changing metadata is so cool. So that's what I wanted to do. And I really love 3D design. So I did one virtual gallery like exactly one year ago, a la Prima. And I really love the fact like of having a virtual gallery. So then I came like into like thinking that like building a museum will be really fun as well. Yeah, so I guess that's a great question. Uh, that's a great lead for, you know, how do you think immersive virtual art will evolve in the metaverse, right? Like, because you're obviously pushing boundaries here. What else uh, do you see that uh, that you would like to see that you haven't seen yet? Um, I think, like, galleries. Like, I, I want to see, like, more galleries using, like, virtual reality and, like, really have, like, immersive experience in galleries and even like in the nfts like when you're online like seeing like more gaming and more like immersions and i see like i see it more and more because if i'm i came into this idea i'm sure like a lot of people did as well and i think like this will maybe like concretize that um the market you know and because there's a lot of critics about digital art of people that don't really understand and they say but it's not tangible you know but even if you don't don't need something to be tangible to be worth something maybe like when they will be seeing like more and more immersive things and vr and things like that they will like understand it more you know um, right. So I think it will be able to fill that little gap of like misunderstanding and it will really be able like to like compete like directly with physical arts. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things that I was just thinking about that I thought was pretty interesting was, you know, you came into the space as a purely digital artist and you just said how you wanted to mess around with the metadata of the contract, right? And like your journey as going from somebody that, and I'm going on the same, some very similar journey of going from this very non-technical person to more technical than like the average uh, user, right? Uh, mm -hmm. of, of, 
technology. So I think that that's really interesting too, right? Because when we get creatives like yourself uh, starting to work with the tech as well, you can do really cool things, right? Because like creativity is not just um, the art and it's not just what you see, but very much it's like, how can you creative creatively use technology as well, right? So it's, I think it's really cool uh, to see you messing around, not just with like, you know, the form factor of what it looks like in the metaverse and how you interact with it, but also like on the contract side. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But yeah, absolutely. Because the the more like I, I understood like everything around like NFTs and I dive into it, um, the more I understood that it was its own medium, you know, that you can really use tech to create. And when I had like this decline is when like I saw like the generative art. I saw like people coding and making like masterpieces. And I was like, whoa, that's like, that's actually insane. And that's when I realized like that you can do so much with tech and that's you like right. even like painting on an iPad is like a medium that the sky is the limit, you know, or 3D art as well. But like even like really coding or using your computer can like, it is a form of, of art as well. So it's everything. Right. And so what, what are your goals in the Web3 space moving forward? Mm, that's a good question. Um, my goals, I want to, I want more women, I want more diverse people into the space and I want to like create like really, really big projects and I want like people like, I want, I want NFCs to be seen like not as just only the hype but really like the tech and how like important and and fun it is and really like practical it's it's it can be used in like so many ways not only art it's like everyone that like, can really use it and it's not only art it's like anything you know any like right. digital file can be like an nft you know and we are really really early but i really want like to be part of like the people who like will make people understand that NFT is not like PFPs and like right. 20,000 yeah, sales, you know, it's like really more than that. Right. That makes total sense. And so, you know, before I get you out of here, uh, one last question. Uh, what's your favorite NFT? <laughs> There's so many <laughs> NFT like by someone else or by myself. By, by someone else, because I, I have to assume that your favorite ones are yours, but your favorite <laughs> NFT that you own that's not yours. That I own, uh, I don't own a lot because whenever I see something that I really like, it's so expensive. But uh, um, okay. I have one that is actually really, really beautiful and it's made by a 3D artist from Benin and he created uh, a piece and it's actually a video and you'll see... Um, a village in Benin that is called Gonvier and it's a it's a it's a village on um, on water and he, he recreated this this uh, this village so beautifully and when I saw it I was so surprised to see it because there's 
there's really, really a few Beninese artists into NFTs. And when I saw it, I immediately like bought it, you know. And um, I was so happy to find it because, like, like last year I was in Gauvier, and that's when I discovered this place. And it's such a beautiful place, and people are so nice. And I was really happy, like, to see like an artist like paying homage to this village. All right, that's awesome. You know, that, and so, you know, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Uh, best of luck on the upcoming drop. I know I'll be looking out for it. For uh, people in the audience that want to find out more information and stay up to date with what you're working on, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, reach me on Twitter and Instagram. That's the two only social media I'm on. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. So I'll make sure to post that in the show notes, but... Lana, thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy working on, on the upcoming drop. So I know uh, myself and a lot of other people are looking forward to it. So thanks for taking the time. And, and everyone, thanks for tuning into the show. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to The Cutting Edge. Subscribe to stay up to date on our latest episodes. To catch the show live, follow me on Twitter at GMoneyNFT and tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitter Spaces.